Welcome to episode 21 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We're discussing the 2018 Masters tournament. Uh, we're a week before the off. And also, we're discussing this week's PGA Tour action at the Houston Open. But we kind of know that everybody is just interested in the Masters already. And the Houston Open's taking a little bit of a, uh, a backward position on this week's podcast. Uh, we're, this podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PJ Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have true podcast superheroes. You, European Tour expert Paul Williams and resident podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan from the, A Good Talk Spoiled podcast. Evening, gents. Evening to both of you. Good evening, guys. Now, a little bit of housekeeping before we move ahead. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Clearly, you can search golf betting, golf betting tips, something of that ilk in your search engine. You'll come across us. Uh, Twitter handles. I'm uh, Steve Bamford at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting, and Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Also, we are available on Podbean, iTunes, TuneIn for Android users, and also Player FM. And uh, it's great to have you listening. All we ask is that you like and follow us on Podbean and leave us some positive customer reviews and ratings on iTunes. A few seconds effort would make the three of us very happy and help spread the word about the podcast. Right, we're not going to talk about last week, even though I gained a place, full place in that thing in Dominican Republic <laughs> and uh, I had Justin Thomas as well in the golf he, he burnt me on Betfair but we won't go down that route I managed to get my money back in the end but I thought he was going to win it but he, he said didn't he that um, he couldn't think of anything else during that match apart from the fact that he was going to be world number yeah. one if he won it yeah and we kind of alluded to it uh, last week didn't we when we were talking it through and yeah. you know it does play in some of these guys mind you know they're, they're not all yeah. they're not all indestructible are they they you know it's it's a big thing in a career particularly with these lads who are so young you know it'd have been something they dreamt of and something they've aspired to and you know they can potentially hit it when they're in the early twenties. It's um, it's huge. So yeah, it's better. It is a bit. It is a big step. Clearly, um, it's the twenty sixth of March. So we're effectively a week before tournament week starts at Augusta National next week, and we thought we'd take this opportunity just to discuss some details about what we already know ahead of the twenty eighteen Masters. Now. It's always, um, you know, the anticipation at this time of year is always tangible. And um, I know that us three are very, very excited about what probably is one of the most open uh, masters that I can remember. Uh, We've been doing this now sort of nine years and it feels very, very open this time around. Um, Just let's, let's start. I mean... Have you got any anti-post bets, uh, Barry, that you can talk to the uh, talk to the listeners about? And <laughs> I, I would have thought some of the prices you might have look quite good value right now. Is that, is that any that you're not uh, you don't you know you're not worried that you're going to uh, scupper by uh, by cursing them on the uh, podcast? I take it you're not on Henry, Henrik Stenson, uh, Barry, no. Barry <laughs> this year, no. <laughs> 
Not I, this I know, year, that's, I know that's a con- that's a constant failure of yours, isn't it? Uh, well, listen, you know, I, my my faith in Stenson was rewarded when I did pick him up in the Open, and um, not only the bet, but I had him in a load of fantasy teams, and yeah, I did well with Stenson that week. But he, um, the, the funny thing about Henrik is, it lo- everything about his game looks like he should be really good for Augusta, and for some reason he throws in an eight every year, and that seems to just send him into a tailspin. So uh, yeah, I got burned very heavily on him last year. I won't be backing him this year. I, I actually don't have any anti-post bets on at the moment myself. There are a couple of guys I'm looking at, and um, I'm wondering whether to pull the trigger on them now, um, or maybe wait. And, oh, you know, that's the thing: is do I pull the trigger on them now, or do I hang on till late next week, just before the tournament, and hopefully they drift out a little bit more. Um, I might do a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, put a small bit of a be- of the bet on now and wait and see what happens. Um, the other the other thing about waiting is if they go well this week, their price will just get destroyed. So that's um, this is the internal uh, debate I'm having in my head. And uh, it's the perennial yeah, the debate, way, the way. That, to, Barry. To be honest, it's, you know, when when do you pull the trigger with these things? You know, we've we've sat and watched all of these contenders for the Masters over the last. Uh, few weeks and you know a couple of months win one by one and each one of their prices have just been obliterated you know what happens this week if um if rose wins or spieth wins or fowler wins or stenson wins you know their price is gonna you know it's gonna be another sea of blue isn't it so uh yes yeah, uh, when when do you dive in that's the uh that's the I, I don't know, and the, and the way my betting has been going recently, uh, it feels like no matter what way I choose, it'll be the wrong one, or the <laughs> universe will just go, oh, that's the way he's going. We'll flip it the other way. <laughs> so, um, look, I do, I do have. Um, are we talking selections right now, or you know, just throwing a couple of names uh, in there? Well, we throw in some names if you like. Um, I was going to go through the detail, you know, of who we you know, why, and reasoning behind who we're going to go for next week. Okay, but uh, I mean, I haven't made any final decisions. To be fair, <coughs> I think one interesting point is, you know, I've just counted up nine players right now whose odds are below twenty to one. And listen, you know, these are the winning prices of the last few Masters champions. Garcia was forty-five to one. Danny Willett was sixty-six to one. Jordan Spieth was eleven to one. And both Bubba Watson and Adam Scott in 14 and 13 were 28 to 1. Go back to Bubba in 2012, he was 55s. And Svartzel was 90 to 1 in 2011. So, it doesn't always compute (laughs) that one of those those nine that are shorter than 20 to 1 is going to win this. Yeah, those those odds are pretty... uh, Put it into context pretty well, don't they? It isn't the top of the market that tends to get it, get it done. But you know, how, you can make a case for so many of these guys, can't you? Purely on the back of how they've either been playing recently, or um, you know, historical form at Augusta, or a combination of the both, with the likes of likes of Bubba, who's um, you know, playing out of this world at the moment, isn't he? I mean, we, you've got the likes of Paul Case at 25. So that, that, for me, is potentially a price that goes out slightly. Mm. Although I think he's going to get tipped up this year. Where's the, where's the value? Garcia is 28, defending champion. He's got, he's got, yeah. he's got the nappy factor. You know, is, is that where the, uh, the value is starting to, to come in? And back to Barry's point, you know, these players have 
you know, each one by one, the prices have been um, slaughtered over the last few weeks. So when they're going to start going out? We've looked historically at this, you know, we, we've followed markets for the Masters for, for year after year. And generally, by the time you get to Monday, the prices start to be pushed out a little bit as everyone, as all the bookmakers come in with their different um, each way terms or different uh, specials that they've got on the event. But you know, it's so competitive. We've seen the bookies already start to move um, in the last couple of days in terms of really lengthening their uh, each way places. So um, it's a case of when the prices themselves are going to follow suit, I think. I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's the perfect point right now to just highlight to uh, podcast listeners, as we sit here at Monday tea time, UK time, what bookmaker offers are already available in terms of extended places for next week's Masters. We've never known anything like this. Um, already we're seeing a couple of firms who have gone a genuine 10 places each way of 50 odds on next week's Masters. Skybet and also Coral have gone 10 places each way a full 50 odds on next week's event. Now, um, if you come to golfbettingsystem.co.uk, um, we have a a um, boosted £30 or €30 Euro free bet offer for new customers with Coral. Um, you only get 20 if you go directly to them. So um, a bet 10, get 30 free bet for Coral. And as we've been mentioning across quite a few of our podcasts this year, um, week in, week out, Coral are the, uh, the biggest Oper or biggest firm when it comes to offering the most each way places each and every week. So uh, golfbettingsystem.co.uk, there's a uh, a boosted thirty pound thirty euro coral free bet available for new customers. Now these extended places are for both new and existing customers. Let's get that out there as well. So if you've already got accounts with these guys, you are going to get these extended places. Bet three six five today have gone eight places a fifth the odds. Um, I'm also seeing William Hill, who have extended out to seven places of 50 odds. And Betfair and Paddy Power have also gone eight places a 50 odds on next week's uh, Masters. So I, I, I know in my experience, I haven't seen anything like this before where the bookmakers have gone so early with their extended each way or each way options. I don't recall, Paul, 10 places each way at the Masters ever. I, th- I think it was eight last year and that was the uh, the maximum. I think that we may have seen 10 with a, a special offer for a new new customer deal, but not 10, um, you know, just just a, uh, all customers. So clearly it's, um, you know, clearly the bookies have identified it a bit as being an incredibly competitive event as well. So the other side of this is some of the bookies won't go down that route some of them will play the uh, the price game so you're going to see some huge disparities um you yeah. know from from monday next week i'd imagine where you know you, you can take a choice between potentially sticking with five or six each way and having a um you know a, a generous looking price or um push out to your eights or tens and potentially take a uh, a bit of a hit on the price so you know, yeah. each for their own. You know, values in the eye of the beholder, I guess, in terms of whether you choose one or one or t'other with it. But um, either way, it's, it's shaping up to be a decent betting event from the you know from the fact that we've got a lot of different uh, options available to us. So, you know, being honest, you're unlikely to get 
the best market price on a firm that have gone 10 places each way. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing Rory at the moment, 7 to 1, 10 places each way. I'm seeing him as, as big as 10 to 1 uh, with the standard five places each way a quarter of the odds. Yeah. So that you know there are going to be huge disparities, and we're pretty certain that a lot of these prices, especially of the players further down the betting market, are undoubtedly going to have to get bigger next week. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. There's no, there's not many. Oh, there's a few prices starting to be pushed out now, but not many. And and all we've seen over the last couple of months is um, players being backed in. So so yeah, there's got to be some movement. Um, we shall, we shall see. I think a very interesting kind of thing we're going to see next week is if you have multiple betting accounts, you're going to be able to pick and choose um, which you know which price to grab, which places to grab. But even if we're talking about just say top of the market guys between like say those top ten, the top ten players in the market, you're going to have a difference of opinion between the bookmakers, and they're going to have to start you know like you guys are saying lengthening the price in some of them. So. You know, it's just a matter of you know watching for the guy you fancy to to get pushed out the furthest and, and grab that price. Yeah, it's almost as if you if you've got yourself a target price for a particular player, then um, mm. keep an eye on it. Now, the other thing to note is that historically, when we've got to Wednesday, um, the likes of William Hill particularly and um, Labrooks quite often as well, um, they'll have special. Um, extended prices um, on the on the Wednesday that tends to happen. Often tends to tie in with the racing post and um, some some prices that they'll push out on that day as well. So they'll you'll kind of be yeah. you'll kind of be from eight a.m. Um, for a number of hours. You'll get a certain price on certain players, and so it's well worth. They tend well, to go top top price top. 15 or 20 yeah. in the market, don't they? Yeah. With a few exceptions. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we won't find any of this out exactly what's happening until very cl- much closer to the time. But, um, you know, if, if, you, if you're still not getting the price on the player you want, then um, you might find Wednesday morning will be the time to uh, to get uh, get involved then. But you're going to have to be quick because, you know, often it will go live at 8am and if they, if they take a lot of uh, exposure on a particular player, then um, it may not last that long. So... Best to uh, best to be close to your computer or close to a uh, to a bookmaker on uh, on Wednesday. As many of you will know, and I'm sure plenty of listeners don't know, um, we run a golf betting system uh, group on Facebook, a closed group, uh, where we've clearly got um, a number, which is over four thousand at the moment, of golf punters, and we there's various different chat on there about all of the different tournaments, LPGA, all manner of different tournaments that go on around the world each year and lots and lots of knowledge on that group. Now, we've run a poll this morning just to see which pl- of, of members of our group um, who's backed what players anti-post. So uh, which players have you backed anti-post for the Masters was the question. And I'm j- I'll just run through a few of the names that are top in the chart. Top of the chart is, uh, by a considerable margin, actually, Bubba Watson. Now, I know for a fact, Paul, that you've got a rather juicy price on Bubba. <laughs> yeah. and, and I also know that you've got a rather juicy price on Bubba Barrett. Yeah, well, he's... We go on, Barry, you go. No, well, I, myself and my, uh, a few friends have a, a kind of a group gambling pot, and uh, we picked him up anti-post there a few weeks ago at 50-1, to 1, which I was really happy about until I heard what Paul was on him at... 
Well, it goes back, if Steve will remember this vaguely, where we had um, our GBS Christmas party in, uh, in December last year, which consists of me and Steve sitting in a, a pub somewhere um, close to King's Cross, usually. Um, and, Careful. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and after, after a few, uh, few liveners, we were talking about the golf, as you do, and um, I, I said to Steve at the time, I said, I think, I think Bubba will uh, have a good year. He's, uh, he's, yeah. he's ditching these uh, these silly balls, and you know he's, he's getting back to some. Uh, you know he's got to find some find some form and uh, get back to playing golf again. And um, I sat sat in the pub with Steve and backed him at sixty six for the sixty sixes for the Masters. Um, and then he started to show a bit of form, didn't he, at the start of the year? And um, he was still sitting there at sixty sixes. So um, using my Labrooks boost for the day, um, I got eighties on him um, earlier in the year. <laughs> Um, which I feel uh, quite happy with now. Of course, he's got to go and actually do something next week. So, um, and given that both of those were the anti-post um, uh, each way terms as well, so I expect he'll pretty finish sixth now, and I'll, uh, I'll get absolutely nothing back for those two bets. But uh, yeah, at, at the moment the tickets are looking quite uh, quite tasty, I must say. Is there is there an issue with with Bubba going sort of back to back or? Do you think he can think so. win two tournaments on the bounds of this kind of magnitude, a WGC, and then his third green jacket? He's, I, I, given what he said on Twitter today, you know, clearly it has taken a, a, bit, a bit out of him having the, uh, you know, and the match play does. It's, you know, we'd have to play seven, uh, seven rounds in five days. Um, it's, you know, mentally and physically it's draining. But he's got a week off in between, um, and he's going back to, you know, a track that he absolutely adores. I can't see any reason why he can't contend and potentially win it next week. Is this cool, the, is this sorry yeah just is this the best form he's ever been in going into a Masters? Potentially, in terms of winning form, I, I suspect he is. He's, he's won a Riviera before, and he's um, he's gone on gone on to win the um, the Masters, but uh, to win twice before doesn't ring a bell. No, and it's just it, it, the trend in his game from you know, the last eight ten weeks has just been really really solid. Mm-hmm. He he looks really happy. He's, everything's working. Um, yeah, it's it's um, at, at those juicier prices, it's great. Now when he's down to fourteens, sixteens, yeah, it's a it's a much tougher one to to go jump on when you know there's a, there's a lot of other quality around him as well. Um, he obviously has that massive pedigree for Augusta, so um, it's not some I wouldn't recommend it either way to people. But you know, he has an absolute whopper of a chance oh, the way he's yeah. playing. Yeah, when he uh, when he won in 2014, he came off a WD at Bay Hill. He walked off the golf course. He blamed his allergies and all this kind of stuff. But he'd finished before then second at Doral in the World Golf Championship. First at Riviera and second at Phoenix that year he won. Yeah, so it's clear. And then the first time he won it, he'd finished fourth at Bay Hill, second at the WGC at Doral, thirteenth at Riviera, fifth at Phoenix. And he was fifty-five to one. Clearly, he'd never won a major at that point, had he? Fifty fifty-fives in twenty twelve and twenty-eights in twenty fourteen. And that yeah, that twenty eight was driven purely from his uh, his WD because if you go back yeah, you know, as you say, to the events before, he was clearly in decent form, wasn't he? Last two winners of the Masters have both been knocked out in the round robin stage of the World Match Play. 
Garcia and Danny Willett. Mm. Perhaps that will change this year. Stuff. Perhaps that will change. As you say, yeah, Bubble was the uh, by by far the uh, the most popular anti-post pick on this uh, poll earlier, wasn't he? So uh, it's clearly a who lot else of... was there, lads? Actually, uh, number two, uh, Justin Rose. Uh, number three, Justin Thomas. So clearly, people were getting stuck into Justin very early at the turn of the year when he wasn't playing great, was he? If you remember, no, and he went out to twenty fives at one point as well, where <laughs> it wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't playing the best golf after having won three times at the back end of last year. But uh, he's mm. clearly started to pull that around a bit now, and people are backing him accordingly, aren't they? And we've also the fourth most popular anti-post bet. Uh, with members of our group, is Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah, and he's been backed in as well, hasn't he? He's, he's down to 80s now, and he was 150s or so before we uh, finished behind Rory at Bay Hill, I think. So uh, so his price has virtually halved over the course of that one result. So people are seeing... What do you, go- what, what do you guys think about uh, spe- uh, DeChambeau's game and Augusta? Because for memory, he... Uh, he, on his debut as an amateur, he played quite well around there, didn't he? Was he like top 15 or something? Quite possibly, yeah. I, th- I think he, he, it's a fair fit. And, you know, you, you said about the uh, the knowledge and the, there is on this group, and clearly there's a lot of people seeing a lot in him to uh, to be backing him anti-post. Not just on the back of one result. You know, he finished uh, he finished fifth at uh, Phoenix as well, I think. So clearly there's been a bit, bit about him, but um, he's got the length as well, hasn't he, to... Uh, to get round, uh, get round Augusta. I, I think he's got, you know, he's got a chance of placing. I think he's a big student of the game as well. Which you know, going to Augusta would probably tickle, tickle his buttons. You know, and make put him in an, an extra good mood. I guess, um, you know, with all the history that goes on there. And you know, he's he's um, as everybody knows, he's extremely scientific with his golf. Case in point was when he was talking about the air density for his approach shot to at the 18th at Bay Hill a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he's getting. But Augusta, Augusta has massive elevation changes, but his you know those scientific calculations can really help him out um, when he's figuring out the right club. You know, if he's got getting down to that nth degree, um, you know that that sort of precision can can go a long way around there. Yeah, there's a few things you can say about him. He's very powerful, long off the tee, very very high ball flight. You know, that's, that's pretty damn perfect for Augusta. And you've also got to say about the guy, you know, he's got plenty of balls, hasn't he? Because what he did at Bay Hill the other day to, to compete, and he was the closest in the end that got on the coattails of Rory right down the stretch there. Yeah. You know, he showed a lot of fortitude that week. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's an interesting option uh, Nick, uh, for, for the Masters. I really do. Mm. Yeah, and as you say, you get an 80s at the moment. We would assume that some of these prices are going to be pushed out. So, um, yeah, you might get a three-figure price on them again at the start of uh, start of next week. So, uh, I mean, even right now, outsider. he's 66 is between Carl and Skybet, 10 places. Hmm. For somebody that finished, you know, was chasing Rory hard a couple of weeks ago, that's a really juicy yeah. price. Oh, well, in, in, a very, in a very loaded field as well. Yeah, and, and bear, bear in mind that of the players that are playing next week... Um, and it would be sub 100 players, you can strike an awful lot of those off the list straight away. So, you know, if you're getting 10 places about the remainder of the field there, then, um, you know, has he got a better than a, you know, what would you say, 66 is at 10, 10 places? I don't know. 
you know, potentially there's a, a good chance of getting a return on that. There's one man in modern history that proved us wrong in terms of, you know, we always say don't back a first-timer around Augusta. Clearly Jordan Spieth had that amazing debut uh, when he was just pipped by Bubba Watson. But, um, you know, you can't say that about DeChambeau because he has got experience of the course. So, you know, he's, he's an interesting name in there, a, a, a quite a deep price from what I'm seeing. I'm sure quite a few will be interested in Patrick Cantlay as well. Although he'll be... I think he's... Is he making his debut, Cantley? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. That's why I look in the de- debutants' market next week. And this is one of... You know, another player playing fantastic goal, Kiradash Afibanra. Yeah. 125 to 1. Do you think he has the patience for Augusta? I'm just spitballing here. It seems like he's the kind of, that could be the kind of place that could ruffle him a bit. I don't know. He's, uh, he hits an awful lot of greens when he's playing well, and you know we know he can putt fantastically mm. well as well. And um, I don't know. He seems to be seems to be maturing as a player. I, you know, again, he did did well in the match play last week, didn't he? He's, he's not getting over. He he's not getting overawed in these um, bigger tournaments against uh, you know against world class players. I mean, generally, you know, some some of the events, you know, that one out in Brunei might have sort of been the Brunei monthly medal that he won. But some of the some of the other events that he's playing are, are, are clearly a, a far far stronger um, far, far stronger field. So if you if you look at his debut in twenty sixteen, guys, this is interesting for me. Seventy two seventy two over the opening two rounds, and twenty sixteen was that really windy year. Um, he was eighth after thirty six holes. He then threw in a 77 when things got a bit too real for him. And then he ended with a 70. Yeah. Um, so he finished 15. Now, for a debut, that's that's an exceptional debut yeah. around Augusta. So I, I I personally think he's got he's got a lot of game for that place. I tell you, one market that I'd be interested in him in, in next week, and I know Steve and I are going to kind of divvy up the, uh, the previews that we do. So Steve's going to be tov- covering the... Um, the main markets um, and uh, so the outright bets, and I'll be looking at the first round leaders and the alternative bets and deeper markets. Um, and for me, Afi Barnrat's a prime candidate for a first round leader bet next week. Um, he can get out of the blocks quickly. He can string birdies together when he wants to. We need to have a look and see where he gets drawn, who's who's he's playing with, and uh, you know at which point in the day he's playing, and how that relates to any weather that's coming in. But yeah. um, if he's one, if he's one twenty fives now in the main market, what do you think he could be in around eighties or so for yeah, a first round leader? You, you get eighty. You, you you might get someone push out to a hundred, but uh, yeah, it's going to be in that. That'll kind be of nice. Bracket. Yeah, and uh, you know he, he's well capable of producing a first round uh, performance. Whether he can stick for four days, Barry, back to your point, um, is is more of a question. But if you're walking away with an eighty or a hundred to one winner after day one, um, you know that's that's pretty much job done for the. Uh, for once, you can actually sit back and just enjoy the tournament rather than <laughs> yeah. stressing over your bets. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're on a free roll after that. So, uh, but yeah, he's one that's certainly on my um, radar for first round leader next week. So, um, yeah, we'll watch this space. Personally, I'd be on Afi Barnrat over players that are shorter in there in the market, like a Fitzpatrick, a Cantley, or a Daniel Berger. Mm. I can see more about Afi Barnrat than those three. Yeah, no, that's, just, that's just my personal opinion. You know, you've got Tony Fee now at 100-1. to 1. I think he could be another course debutant, not sure. Mm, might have played once, I think. 
But yeah, and you've also got Xander Schofley at 80 to 1. Now he's definitely making his debut. So I, I think Afi Barnrat is not a bad shout there. Yeah. Um, well, one of the markets I'll look at next week will be the debutants market as well. So when that's when that's yeah. up and that's formed, that'll be another interesting one to have a little dig through. So I expect some thing. Sorry. Go cool. I was going to say, expect with some of this content, you and I will be um, drip feeding it through kind of Monday, Tuesday, maybe even early Wednesday for some of the really extended markets. So uh, yes, I guess when we cover the podcast next week, it will be more on the. Um, kind of the outright markets itself but um, yeah keep popping back to the site during various points in the week because um, we'll, we'll be pushing out more content and uh, thought, yeah, thoughts more, as we go more, along. more content across Monday to Wednesday that's undoubted so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday there'll be uh, there'll be the main tips I'm also pulling together some uh, long shots and then pull with the alternative markets like top debutant top 20 first round leader um, we're also seeing the likes of Paul Casey in this poll Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth. Matsu Armour's an interesting one. Uh, Tiger Woods as well. I suppose a few of these guys have managed to get Tiger Woods when he was at silly odds, like 33 to 1, 50 to 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he was longer than that at one point. Just give him a quick look. But yes, he's, um, you know, some, some people are taking a flyer on him as soon as he started to show some form, and, uh, you know, they may, may get rewarded with a, uh, with a decent price. Yeah, 66 to 1, I'm seeing back in November. <coughs> 66 to 1. I'm not surprised. Mm. What's the statistic that you've often said, Barry, when I've been on your podcast over various different Masters podcasts uh, on a good talk spoiled? What's the statistic about age and um, Masters winners? Oh, oh yeah, Bobby, Bobby had this one. There's only one major winner over the age of 40. Um on U.S. soil in donkey's ears. That's right. And that was Vijay Singh. Mm. Um, mm. I have to go back and check the number of years, but it's um, it's a it's a serious stat. Yeah. You know that starts ruling out some guys very quickly if you if you're sticking to it. Well, and, and it, ru- it it rules out Phil, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, left, Lefty's yeah. been well backed, hasn't he? He's been very well backed since he's shown some form as well. And uh, could you? I don't. You can rule him out on. Uh, you know anything rational, really? But uh, as you say, if um, if age is one of the things that historically is going against him, then you could potentially use that as a reason to to kind of swerve him. But um, he's got as good a chance as many of the others, in my view. I totally agree. I, it's I, it's going to be very difficult to actually chop down the field to mm. to to narrow it down to your bets because there's so many guys showing form. At various points over the last few weeks, that you can make a case, a very strong case for any anyone in the top, say twenty, in the betting there. Yeah, um, You know, there's, there's got to have to be a, a little bit of ruthlessness in in why you cut guys out. <laughs> um, you know, juxtaposed with the fear of cutting them out and they being they being the one or the last one off your list that yeah. actually goes on and does it. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. I'm seeing at the moment just uh, Jordan Speed best price fourteen to one. These are Houston Open runners this week, so in my mind, what, at least one of these players is going to have cut odds by the end of the week. Jordan Speed at fourteens. I'm seeing uh, Ricky Fowler as big as twenty twos, and I'm also seeing 
uh, Henrik Stenson as big as 45 to 1. Now, you can't see a situation where one of those three doesn't get seriously in the mix and one of those players' prices uh, turning south. Oh, Justin Rose, 14 to 1. He's also playing the Houston Open as well. Well, yeah. Now, as you said, Paul, if you actually look at Justin Rose's stats this year, <coughs> we know his strengths, we know that he's putting well. You know, if he turned up and really went gung ho this week and said, I want to win the Houston Open, it would take a hell of a good player to beat him. Yeah. Now, whether he chooses to do that, you know, I live in the real world where I don't think players turn up at every tournament thinking they're going to win or try to win. I know I've been shut down and called many a thing over the years to even say that because professional players are professional and they always give 100%. But um, I, one of those four, be it Spieth or Rose at 14s, Fowler at 22s or... Stenson as big as 40s and 45s one of those players is going to see a lot a, a, a reduced odds situation as of Monday yep. undoubtedly yep. Well, I think it, if any of them finish in the top 8 or 10 you're going to see their price getting chopped if, if one of them yeah. one of them leads after the first round guys I think you'll see you know if, if the likes of a, a Rose who's currently sitting there at 12, 14 to 1 for the Masters same, same price as Speed. One of those guys goes out and shoots 64 in the first round and you know, is either right up there or leading. They'll be, you know, it'll just be a sea of blue. Which Ricky Fowler did last year. Shot minus eight, 64 in the first round yep. at Houston Open. And that, that, yeah, that price will all, all of a sudden be 16s. Well, Rick, Ricky's got a bit of uh, history for performing the week before a major, hasn't he? So... Uh, <laughs> He has, yeah. Of, I'm of, petrified of about him, <laughs> him going well this week. Of the names that you mentioned, he was the one that would, um, you know, I, I would suspect to be the one who has a proper go at it if he's in the position to do so. But uh, he, he always says in interviews he loves to come off the back of a big performance in the week preceding. And if you actually look at his best major championship finishes, they all come after a big week the week before. Yeah. That that's without fail. So he'll he'll be gunning for it this week. Whether he's playing well enough or putting well enough to win, and we know that Ricky isn't the greatest of converters, is he, when it comes to contending performances and then uh, wins. Yeah. So I I, 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 I I could I couldn't get interested at ten to one no. this week. I really couldn't. But uh, yeah, I of the four at the front of the betting in the Houston Open, I think there are I think uh, Fowler will make a run at it, and I also think Henrik will make a run out run at it because Henrik's playing some very good golf at the moment. And does he really think, after all of these years, that he's actually going to be in serious contention at Augusta when he must know what the issue is that holds him back each and every year? It's marking a snowman on his card <laughs> every time. Um, I'm I'm absolutely petrified about Ricky going well this week. He's the one I want to put my uh, my big my big main bet on. Um, there's on, there's one thing that's kind of I, I don't I don't know whether he's just trying to trick himself into being a bit more relaxed about the whole situation. But he said at Bay Hill that he's going through some swing changes at the moment, and some of the results he saw were truly frightening. So that either is is his him conning himself into thinking it's you know. The pressure, you know, not to let the pressure build up on him for this, 
or he's literally telling the truth and that um, going to Augusta with anything less than top confidence in your game is not a great place to be. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that's why I'm kind of caught in the, do I take him now or hopefully he has a mediocre week and he drifts out to maybe 28s or something? Probably not. It's a difficult one, isn't it? it there's a, if you go back through his history, there's a lot of events where he's finished kind of top eight or thereabouts and then gone on and uh, performed at a major, like Steve said. So, the, the mm. problem you've got with the Houston Open, and it's been this case for a couple... I can remember a few years ago when you actually used to get quite a strong field attending this. But over the over recent years, the field quality is getting less and less and less. So yes, you've got Rose Fowler, Spieth and Stenson at the top of the market. You've also got Phil Mickelson. Now, uh, Phil's another, as we know, who is a bit of an enigma. Um he likes to come into a major off of big, big form, as we know. Uh, when he won the 2013 Open Championship, um, he came off a win the week before at the Scottish Open. But for me, I, I think Phil won't take this week as seriously because he's already got that monkey off his back and he won the WGC Mexico Championship a few weeks ago. So for me, I think he's one that might just throttle back a little this week. But if you take those five out of the betting, you're then down to the likes of Daniel Berger, Luke List, Russell Henley, Tony Finau, Matt Kuchar, Rafael Cabrera-Bello. And beneath those, you know, you're quite quickly falling away to names that if Ricky Fowler decides that he really seriously wants to contend, you know, he's going to be near the top of that leaderboard, undoubtedly. Mm. Or if he's got a game to do that. You know, this is what I'm saying. You know, the likes of Bryce Garnett at 100 to one, it's not going to strike a lot of fear into his heart. I'd have thought. Um, so yeah, whether you go this week on him, Barry, or whether you, you leave it, uh, it's mm-hmm. you know what you know what happens, don't you? You leave it, he contends. You don't leave it. Yep. <laughs> so he, fin- yeah, he, 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 he finishes 55th. I think I'll just give you my money and let you do the betting for me, Steve. <laughs> that way, that, that's my way to trick the system. Yeah. Um, I probably will take a bit of a piece of them this week before uh, the off yeah. on Thursday. Um, I, I, I don't think that's a bad strategy. You know, divvy up your bet. Divvy up your stake, and then you can't really be totally wrong, can you? Yeah, it kind of uh, eliminates that high variance, doesn't it? And now that these bookmakers, are, many of them have actually gone with the additional places, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's a bit different if you're only getting five places mm. on, on your initial anti-post bet, if you like. Um, but now that you're getting pretty much the same terms that you'd get next week, it li- literally is a price play. It's a, you know, mm. it's a price play, isn't it? Yeah, that's the okay. one. Shall we talk about Houston quickly? Um I have just released my full betting preview, which is beneath the description if you're uh, listening to this on Podbean, of course, golfbettingsystem.co.uk, if you haven't, um, if you're not listening on Podbean. Um, Big bruising par 72, 7,400 yards. Bermuda grass greens, which are overseeded with some paratrivialists and some bent grass. Um, But, you know, basically they tend to... uh, of late, I think they're playing more Bermuda-ish than they were bent. Um, it's just one of those events that everyone at the event will be talking about Augusta. Uh, all of the commentary will be about Augusta, and there'll be a bit of a golf tournament going on. But it's a weird one because a few years ago, you know, if you go back five, six, seven years, 
elite top 50 players used to win this tournament. But of late, that trend has kind of shut down. And apart from JB Holmes two years ago, winners tend to be um, further down the, the rankings and, and bigger prices. So, you know, Russell Henley was 40s last year. Jim Herman in 2016. Jim Herman, can you believe it? 400 to 1. Uh, JB Holmes was 28 to 1 in 2015. Matt Jones in 2014, the Aussie, 125 to 1. And DA Points was 250 to 1 in 2013. So, you know, you do get some big winners at this event. Mm-hmm. Um, my best analogy to keep things short and sweet is I've gone for players who are both long off the tee and mainly straight off the tee. So I think total driving has a lot to do with success around here and various different interviews that I've read and we've got on the preview suggest that as well. You don't have to be a 100% all-out bomber, but I think it helps. Um, I'm seeing a lot of rain in the forecast, potentially Tuesday evening, but definitely Wednesday into Thursday morning. So I think we might be seeing a soft golf course um, for the uh, the Houston Open this year. And if you cast your mind back across the whole of this year, there haven't been many soft golf courses that they've actually played on the PGA Tour. The only one I've got noted down was Kapalua at the outset of the year. Everything else past that has been pretty pretty standard, pretty firm, pretty fast. You know, It was even firm at Torrey Pines and the like. Yeah. So we might see a bit of a seed change here in terms of a few names that pop up who we know play well on soft golf courses. Um, I've gone for... Um, I'm very much a horse for a course kind of guy on this event. And when you look at the likes of Russell Henley last year, you kind of get the gist of why. Um, I'm going for Daniel Berger, two points each way, 28 to 1 with Unibet. Uh, Luke List, one and a half points each way, 33 to 1 with Boyle Sports. I'm also going for the defending champion, Russell Henley, one and a half points each way, 33 to 1 with Unibet. And my bigger price is Jamie Lovemark, who I do like on a nice soft golf course. He's uh, I've got a point each way, 66-1 to 1 with Coral on that particular bet. Lovemark was the 54-hole leader at this event two years ago. Um, Henley, of course, we know he's got, coming off the back, I think it's four top fives, including a win here. Uh, Luke List was right in the mix last year, finished third. And... Uh, Daniel Berger, he's another fifth and fifth, and uh, you know beneath the radar a little bit. He's been playing some very tasty golf from tee to green, and the putter's not overly cold either at the moment. So Berger, List, Henley, and Lovemark are the four that I've gone with. What about you guys? Who do, who do you look like the look of at the Houston Open? I have one that I will be backing and one that I'll be watching, hoping he doesn't go too well. <laughs> um, I think you've been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not Ricky. Well, not Ricky. No, Another one that's a little bit more further out in the price play. Um, I'm going for Ches Reevy this week. He unfortunately isn't one of the longer guys off the, uh, off the tee, but is pretty decent in strokes gained t- uh, off the tee. He's in the top 50 for that. And a couple of things that kind of pick, uh, really caught my eye were... Uh, he's 13th for greens in regulation. He is 13th for scrambling. And these are two things that are pretty handy uh, to have around here in the Golf Club of Houston. And uh, he's also motivated because he's not in the uh, not in the field next week. So he's around the place for about 66 to 1. 
Yeah, I've seen, I'm seeing 66s, yeah. Yeah, uh, up to 75, but with uh, only five places. So I think I'll be taking 66 to 1 with eight places on uh, that Skybet. I think he was seventh here a couple of years ago, two years ago. True. And I, you, don't, you don't have to be a true out-and-out bomber. Because it's one of those courses where the actual... Um, the holes kind of thin out around about 300, 325 yards off the tee. So it's kind of a lot of players like your typical Stenson will be taking a lot of three woods. Mm. So, you know, for the likes of Reeve, you can bomb it down there 290 probably off the tee. That, that's still competitive. Where he, where he does struggle, I expect, is on a couple of longer par fives where he's going to have to play them as three shots, where, where a few of the exclusive longer guys can really have a go at them in two. But apart from that, yeah, you, you can be as long as you like, you know. You yeah. haven't got to be uh, 350 off the tee. My, uh, my, other, my other guy who I will probably take a piece of now this week and then have a look and see if a price drifts next week is Matt Kuchar, who uh, I was happy that he got knocked out in the last 16 because he didn't come up onto the bookie's radar too much for next week. Um, but he was saying he's playing, he's swinging it really well, looks to be enjoying his golf, and, uh, you know, he was, what, fourth in Augusta last year? So he's around about uh, 66 to 1, I think, at the moment. So I'm just looking for the best match of price and places for Maddie. He's interesting because he's been back right now on the uh, on the Masters market. I'm seeing blue, yeah, I'm seeing blue... Yeah, is this, is this going out live? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen best price of sixty sixes. The thing is, Kuchar's got such a huge record around there, isn't he? Yeah, there was quite a few people talking about him on the group again this week, and he'll uh, be a popular pick. He's, uh, I think Kuchar's got the ability to win any of the four majors. I don't think there's uh, there's one of them that he couldn't win. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's he's Mr. Consistency, isn't he? And you, you you might be more likely to get a place out of him than a than a win. But uh, if you're getting a decent price, then, then I think in a, in a tournament like the Houston Open, he's the kind of elite player who will take it very seriously this week because he knows that there's an opportunity there in what is quite a weak field. Mm. You know, and talking about Ryder Cup spots, talking about momentum for Augusta. I don't think Matt will be playing. Uh, he, he won't be playing silly buggers this week. He'll be going for it. Mm. Yeah, 30, 33 to one, uh, forty in places Matt, is not a bad price yeah. this week. Maybe you should have a tickle there, Barry. Get get involved. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> we'll, mm. we'll have we'll have a think about it uh, overnight, and we'll we'll have a crack tomorrow. Maybe with a couple of bets. I expect he'll be tipped up by somebody. Uh, he will be at forty to one. That's that's too big a price, isn't it? When you're seeing him as short as twenty fives with Paddy Power, yeah. that's a huge variance there. What about you, Paul? Um, couple that caught my eye. Um, I'm going to stick with Harris English again this week. Um, he was fifth last week in the end. Uh, he didn't really get himself into a position where he could contend. Um, you know, he could really um, compete and contend last week. But he, you know, fifth, fifth's a fair, fair finish. Um, 22nd the week before, the, or the start before, so he's in decent enough form. I had a little look around his Texas form, and he's finished um, second in the web.com in Texas back in 2011. Uh, fifth at Colonial, and um, second at the Dean and Toluca in 2016. So, got a bit of form in the local area. Um, top putting at Torrey Pines earlier in the season, so, you know, it's clearly there's parts of his game that are looking good, and his long game's looking good over the last, last two starts as well. The thing that has hammered down his or, or has, uh, has kept a kind of lid on his price I guess and he's 80 to 1 this week 
um, is that his course form is the last three attempts is 50th, 50th, 57th, 60, 61st. So it doesn't look great. If you go back a little bit further, he finished 18th on debut. And if you look at the likes of Herman, um, DA points, both of those didn't have much course form at all. Um, apart from one solitary top 20 where they'd, uh, they'd shown a little bit of ability around the track in the past. And uh, yeah, I think if you can overlook the course form there, then uh, then English could be a decent pun at 80s. He's on the rise, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, a- he's actually hitting some fairways. That's that's the plus point. Yeah, and his, um, his ball striking s- uh, stats for the last two starts, he's been in the top six for both of things. So he's, you know, he's mm. clearly... Found something, and as I say, if he's topping putting uh, at Torrey Pines before that, you know, the week that he puts both those aspects together, he's going to be very, very competitive. And eighties, mm. um, given the form that he's coming in on, felt like a felt like a decent enough price to me. Um, and it, JB Ho- JB Holmes is another one that's finding a lot of fairways and greens at the moment. Yeah, and we know that he goes very well around here. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's um, yeah when he's long games on um, you know clearly is a very uh, long player off the tee as well so he's, uh, he's well capable and um, the other one and I haven't backed him yet I've, I've just waiting for some more prices to come up and I've just seen 100 to 1 with 7, seven places come up so that's uh, that's going to be the trigger for me to go with this um, is Ryan Palmer now I, I, the reservation I always have with Palmer is how he actually performs on a Sunday um, but again, you know, he's a, he's a Texas man. Um, he's, he's got a little bit of form um, in Texas itself um, for the Texas Open last year, sixth. Uh, he's finished seventh here in the past um, and finished in a playoff at Torrey Pines. Oh, he, he, he was in that three, three-man three playoff with uh, Alex Noren and Jason Day, who's the first man to go out. But clearly he's not in bad nick to get himself into that position anyway for the, the season to date. Um, and it showed a little bit again last time out. The Valspar, he was he shot a 66 in the second round, I think it was. And, you know, that was, yeah, he did, yeah. That was, that was best of the day or close to best of the day. So there's, there's bits to like about him. I, I always have a reservation about backing him because you know, he can be sitting there um, and uh, in a decent position and then, then do a Corey Connors on us and, on the final day. But um, I, I think at 100 to 1, I'll have to give him a chance. Yeah, he, he was one that came very close for me, Palmer. Mm. Because we know that he plays very well on the soft golf course, yeah, don't we? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And he's, he's long as you like. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's fun. And a streaky, streaky putter. Yeah, can, so, yeah, I could see I could see Palmer going very well. But like you said, you know, that 100 to one's an attractive price point, I've got to say. Yes, but they were my two, yeah. I think there's... I Put it this way, I'd rather have Ryan Palmer at 100 to one than Kelly Craft at 100 to one. Because Kelly Craft will get blown out of the water around here. He just hasn't got the power, the length. Mm. Where Palmer, if he's hitting fairways, is a real danger. Yep. And it, as the course is going to be soft, yeah, I think he, I think he's got a good week in him, Ryan Palmer. So I think that's a decent tip. I really do. Right then, gents. Thanks for your time. Much appreciated as ever. Thanks to uh, to you listeners for uh, joining us this week. And we will see you again next week, of course for the 2018 Masters podcast from Golf Betting System. Thank you. Cheers. Good night.